And that's why I opt for lime-flavored bubbly. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. Yeah, pre-convo, uh, I was like, meh, I <clears throat> had a, uh, a margarita with dinner. Maybe it's time to uh, shift gears. That's good. That's good. Uh, you know, listen, seltzer water is uh, a favorite of mine, so hard to go wrong. We we have convinced ourselves that this is the equivalent of soda. Yeah. Though we know it's not. No. No, it tastes like it once sat in a room with a lime. You know, it's not. Yes. Not the same thing. It, it's a uh, it's an old man who is uh, having a daydream about a lime that he had once mm-hmm. as a boy, and that's what it tastes like. That's right. And limes have gotten a lot sweeter since then. It's true. So, uh, how are things? Things are okay. Things are okay. Did a, a trivia show last night that was fun and probably ended up with some new um, folks who will become regulars. Some uh, brand new team was really successful and won, and um, that always feels good. So, they'll be back, yeah. I'm sure. And then the other two tables were packed with regulars. So, mm-hmm. starting to get a real following there. It's starting to be a, starting to be a thing. Good. Yeah. And okay. they talked me into, once again, next week, we're doing Disney. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to learn. I've, I've, I pulled up um, the chords for um, We Don't Talk About Bruno. There you go. So that'll be a winner. So I'll say this. if you Have you guys uh, checked out Turning Red? I don't know if your household oh, yeah. is quite ready. For- oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because all the music th- that the, the boy band did mm-hmm. was uh, produced by Phineas, Billy Eilish's brother. Oh, that's something. And and he's one of the the vocalists, and he did all the arrangements of all the all the uh, the vocal arrangements. I see. And stuff. I see. I'll confess this: the female members of my house have watched it, which is to say, everyone but me. I have not seen mm. it yet, but I've been party to some very interesting conversations that have shaken out of it with an eight year old little girl. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good. It's good. We're for it. And for anyone who's unclear, it explicitly tells the story of a young woman's first period. And um, well, but not exactly. But it is a it it is perceived to be ergo the conversation occurs right and uh and so we've but in been... reality she is not getting her period for the first time she's just she is to turning panda. to a giant red panda right. right which is not in fact a metaphor Except, in this case it literally happens i mean it literally happens because we're in a cartoon but it's also a metaphor that you know has prompted some conversation it's you know i say that not having actually seen the thing so um Yes, it's been it's been popular around the house. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, it's all it, yeah, and and um, anything that riles up people and makes them say, you know, this Pixar movie is unrelatable to me. Yeah, it's not. It's not for you, buddy. Yep, calm down. It's it was like it's like all of these old guys going. I don't get Machine Gun Kelly. Is like, yeah, you're not yeah, supposed you to. Don't if you, you don't if you did, he's screwing up. That's right. So. Oh, and by the way, are you a toy or a race car or a snowman? I'm wondering, like, I, you know, this one's about lots a little, and this lots one's about and a, lots of a young woman and you and having young woman things happen to her. And so that's obviously something we can't have movies about clearly. Yeah. Well, and not, they're not American either. Also, like, they're not American. The yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bad on so many levels. How dare dirty, they? Can, dirty Canucks. Can, I'm just kidding. Any of our, any of our <laughs> Canadian listenership we love you yes our fans from kanakistan indeed well let's see um no no gigs on the uh on the agenda up you know since our last conversation but a lot of business you know yeah people calling people emailing they you know they're wanting to do stuff so we've got i think three feelers out for dates between now and maybe the end of june so you know, I think once we hit April, it's going to just be like, pfft, we're off to the races. Sweet. And that, you know, it accounts for a lot of things. We're going to, we got to add some new stuff. Um, we're talking to new members. Um, we are considering, I've, I'm considering spinning the 90s project off. Really? Like keeping it in house, but like having a lineup that isn't necessarily 100% members only and sure. just be like, go. Yeah. Go and be. Yeah. Um, and we're in the early stages of doing that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's an idea we're toying with. It's not, nothing set in stone yet, but 
we're trying to get some more musicians into the rotation uh, in the event that something like that uh, does happen. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that sounds smart. What are you going to do if the nineties and the eighties projects are both booked on the same night? You're, you're bone. Well, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to be in a situation where uh, you can make both of those things happen. Yeah. And, and, and what would be even cooler is it could be the eighties bands playing one place, the nineties bands playing somewhere else. And, uh, I'm recording a podcast, yeah, that's right. you know, that's right. that, that, that could happen at some point. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. A boy can dream. Indeed. Indeed. Let me share a fun thing. The last weekend we went to Asheville for the weekend and had a really nice time. And um, nice. yeah, it was fun. And there are buskers all up and down the streets in Asheville. Cause it's full of hippies. Asheville's full of hippies. And oh, they're yeah. all, you know, playing two chord songs with a tip can in front of them. Um, except for this one dude that I saw, which I just wanted to share about. I've never seen a busker playing a full drum kit before. Yeah. But this was a full, you know, eight or 10 piece drum kit. And he was playing to tracks. Mm. And when I walked past him, he was doing jump. Nice. Pretty credibly. I mean, you know, it's like, it was good. It was actually good. Yeah. Never seen that happen before, but it was neat. So any drummers listening should consider that as a side gig. Well, I'd mentioned um, on previous episodes that uh, there was a guy that would um, do jazz gigs as a drummer by himself. He would just hmm. come in with like a or like a really small like bop kit and like a like a Bose stereo. Yeah, and it was piano and upright bass, and then just him playing drums to it live. That's cool. And you know, for for a restaurant, like that's kind of a slam dunk proposition because totally. it's not going to be distracting. It's literally designed to be, you know, scenery. Yeah. And yeah, I just thought that was like a a super smart idea. I like it. So um well, and it's interesting that you said that you went to you went to Asheville because um a bunch of the guys from the Patreon ended up in Nashville last weekend. That's right. And so uh, the, the the Slack channel was just full of little snippets of uh, musicians playing in Music City, USA. Yep. And uh, they were not just playing two chord songs. No. They were very comp- competent folks. And um, Did you notice I very... saw three videos of three different bands playing Pour Some Sugar on Me? It is, uh, I mean, what are you going to do? I, it is what it is. I guess I'm going to learn it. It seems to be a thing we have to play. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey. You're, you're preaching to the choir here, my man. All right, well. There's not much to it. I can tell you that. Yeah. Is it vocally tough? I mean, it's it's not... There are places it's where not, it's kind of a heavy metal choir thing happening, right? Like, Well, yeah, but if you're doing it even as a, like a solo person, if you can get people like fired up, they do the... They'll handle that part. They do all of those parts. You're right. You're right. Um... Like rhythmically, it's actually interesting. If you're doing it solo acoustic, you almost are playing it the same rhythm as you would be playing if you were doing Faith by <laughs> George Michael. Yeah, it's a Bo Diddley. Yeah, it's like yeah. dunk, 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 dunk. Yeah. I love me like a bomb, baby. Come on, get it. Yeah, yeah. it's literally the same kind of uh, rhythm. Right. And that was always kind of like a that was always kind of like a little bit of a, a little joke I would play if I was if I was playing that song. Is that like I would kind of switch in and out or like let people guess which one we were going into. That's but. good. That's good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the, uh, there, there is just, we all know that there's just these songs you got, you got to know, especially in a, in a touristy place where, you know, the, you know, it, for some musicians, it's really hard to process, but it is very much lowest common denominator. Widest appeal sure. is what you got to do. Yep. And if you're in Nashville, you're going to have to play a bunch of country, but you're also going to have to know all of the other, what you would consider perennial classics of, you know, most genres. Sure. So there's a bunch of, there's going to be a bunch of classic rock. You're going to find some weird, I've definitely been in places where like they're playing like Iron Maiden and like they're, they're going for it because they're, they're really talented players and, right. they, and they can get away with it. Yeah. But yeah, the, it, it is, it is definitely a, um, a, a scenario where like you can see some wild stuff happening on a pretty regular basis. So I got to go. Yes, you absolutely do. Yeah. 
we were talking about going up sometime this spring, but it, um, we ended up making other plans for uh, for the boys. Yeah, we were going to do like this crazy like road trip thing, but we opted for a uh, a different path. We have two years of family visits backed up that we got to deal with this summer, so our travel True. plans are pretty booked. Plus, new job. I have no PTO booked, so I got to be thoughtful yep. about all that. Very cool. So, um, you want to talk about gear? Well, yeah. You said you had some gear stuff, yeah, and there's some and, gear stuff that happened this week. Yeah, and I want to put it in context. So, um, I have talked to a friend of mine who has a nice backyard into hosting a party for my band to play its first gig at. I yes. have hired a local band video guy to come and take mm-hmm. really good video of us on this porch with a bunch of people play- dancing in front of us. He's going to bring lights. He's got a three camera set up, one moving, two stationary. I'll probably add my my phone as a fourth one. And he's just going to give me raws. I'm going to edit it myself. Um, mm-hmm. The price is really right for that um, for him, from him. I'm really happy with his quote. Um, I think it's going to – I've liked the results he's produced for other folks. So, you know, yep. um, I, th- I think he knows what he's doing. Um, a thing I think I'm noticing in the in the rehearsal room is that when I bring the bass – guitar in as strong as I really want it, mm-hmm. everything else in the mix kind of suffers. It kind of kind of saps energy from the vocals. Like I think this column array thing, I'm I'm sold on the concept, but I just like some additional punch. Yeah. And in my last band, when my bassist started using his own separate rig, a standalone, it was a combo, but it was like a two by twelve, I think. It was not, you know, wimpy. Um and right. mostly he covered the room with that. He gave us a line out into the mixer for in-ears, but I didn't have him in the mains. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. pulling him out of the mains really cleaned up the mains. Like everything sounded great when the bass wasn't soaking up all the energy. Um, my current bassist is a, a very young person, fresh out of school, doesn't really have a rig like that. So my question is, do I buy one, which maybe I do, or do I get myself a sub to supplement the two tower speakers. Yeah. And so I've been shopping that. I think what I would want is a sub that does a high pass filter on its line out. So I could feed the sub from the board in stereo, Mm -hmm. have its line outs come out crossed over so that what's going into the full, full, you know, towers has the sub removed from it right mm-hmm. um so they're not contending and having phase problems and that sort of thing that kind of device is uh i'm finding it hard to to find on the market for less than well i could find it for 1500 bucks but i don't want to spend that much yeah um, i'm kind of feeling like the 750 to thousand dollar range is about right for this kind of experiment um we- yeah sorry go ahead so yeah if you know i if I was looking at a scenario of what I would do in that mm-hmm. situation, I would I would look for a sub mm-hmm. because a sub is a an item that will transfer and it will continue to serve a function sure. regardless of who you know who's there. Yep. So um and the way that we do is like we have a separate sub mix it's literally just the low end stuff goes straight to it from a dedicated output so that's what i wanted to ask you do subs on aux mm-hmm. i think i like that idea very much i boy the internet is has divided opinions about it i mean as with everything else um people you know are it's all complicated if you could just have your crossovers handle it why that'd be simpler you're un, you're unconvinced no. I disagree with that because crossovers um, are crossovers are, are, are something where you're basically like, Hey, inanimate objects, you know, better than I do. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. It would be way easier for you to just route the low end items to a specific output. Absolutely. Yeah. And if I could just put the bass guitar and the kick drum into its own subwoofer, I think that well, would... but you can also do other creative things. You can start like dipping the tracks into sure. those as yes. well. Like yes. you can do a lot of really, really creative things with that with with that flexibility. Yeah. So, um, anybody who says trust the crossover, I I I don't trust them mm. because it's it. I mean, I've had multiple 
like front of house guys who do this thing professionally and they've all gone. Yes, this is the way we would do that. So, yeah. And that's, that is what I'm, um, you know, I can, I could get a electro voice sub that actually I could drive from the same app as mm-hmm. the towers, it would all kind of all combine into one speaker system. Oh, that this yeah, yeah, voice yeah. Thing, but, but it doesn't do a crossover out, which, you know, if I, which would mean I would have to do it subs on aux, which would be fine. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think, I think that's probably the way to go. Um, anyway, so I'm shopping these things. Um, the question is if I can have that set up and experimented with and ready to really roll with, uh, in a week and two days, um, which is unlikely. Probably I'll just go through the mains with base uh for 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 the show on april 2nd and yeah you know it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll be fine and and i will have gotten um track recordings off of the mixer to put over the video which is really like i want to have a good time there there are like a lot of goals for this show one is to get our first show under us and kind of have those corners knocked off the second is to get good marketing materials that, that will include that video and good board audio and um mixed in some probably with crowd audio um, so there's like a lot of, a lot of moving parts to what I want that to be. And, and having really, really excellent front of house sound, uh, maybe that's not my first priority. Um, yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that if people are standing right in front of the band, which is where they want to be, yeah. it doesn't sound great. That's true. It just doesn't. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're already, all, all, I think that's the main thing that like, musicians don't take into account is that they are worried how things sound out front, but like the people who are there who want to be there and who are enjoying themselves don't hear any of the things that we hear. Right. And it's not just that they don't hear, you know, you hitting the, an F sharp major instead of an F sharp minor. Cause your finger slipped. Like they don't hear that at all. Right. They're just literally hearing just like the, reflections off of the you yeah. know off the walls and stuff yeah. it doesn't even matter yeah if they're lucky they're hearing the root of each chord if they're lucky yeah 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 and then we're so fussy about like oh i need you know i need my reverb to have a or my my vocal mix needs to have a plate reverb at this you know <laughs> so finicky about stage audio yeah when the people 10 feet in front of us are you know it's just mush for them well, and, and it's literally that way until you get into like a line array scenario where you where you're playing to hundreds of people. Right, those people are far away from you. Yeah, yeah. That's really the only time it really matters. Well, yeah, I think the um, there there is you kind of have two solutions, and there is there is definitely the stopgap one, which in the moment fixes everything. Yep. And then there's the long term solution that uh, also fixes everything, but not in in such a like a kind of way, you right. know, you're like, right. and I'm off and right. we're on to the next thing. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I feel you, man. And, um, you know, I was, I was going to mention last week that it's like, it's live sound month at Sweetwater. But like, if I'm being perfectly honest, the, uh, the deals are not really there Yeah. this year. Yeah. I was, I was quite underwhelmed. The only deal that I found was a deal that I took advantage of, which was, um, they were doing these Gator soft uh cases for 12 inch uh powered speakers hmm. just like my k my qse k12s and they were doing buy one get one free so for 70 or 80 bucks i got two bags for the cost of one very nice so not mad about that yeah uh and i did get those but um speaking of other gear things uh, a couple of weeks ago there was a bunch of uh flutterings about this uh, line six release that w- accidentally may or may not have gotten leaked yep courtesy of guitar player magazine yep and i was like i can't confirm or deny this but this sure does look like the an updated version of the line six dl4 delay unit yeah and uh two days ago they confirmed it and released it and it's really really neat looking God, it looks awesome doesn't it it's got i mean for for us helix bros and and brodettes Brodettes, that's a word Brodettes. I just made up. I like it. Uh, it's got all the stuff that we uh, we know and we love, and it also includes a bunch of reverbs that we know and we love. Yep. But the form factor and uh, some of the f- uh, some of the I/O and some of the other features are very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that jumped out at me were the fact that it's got an SD card slot. Yeah. 
And it can it record does. loops to it. It can record. Yeah, you can take home your latest loop. Yep. And it's got um, it can do the it can do four button loop. It can do one button loop. Mm-hmm. It also has an XLR input. Mm-hmm. So you can sings into it. Yeah. Loop your sings. You can absolutely do that as well. And I mean, without a doubt. It, well, the other thing that I like is that it's got a, it's got legacy mode. So like you can make it sound like yeah. your, your OG DL4 if yeah. that's what you want. Yeah. Or you can flip it and it does the uh, the Mark II stuff. It's got different output uh, types. You can do buffered bypass, true bypass. Like it's super flexible. It's got MIDI. It's got MIDI. It's got USB. Yeah. Which also can be controlled via MIDI and, and, and other things as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's, in my opinion, it's a complete slam dunk. I have absolutely no need for one. No. But uh, no. it's a great piece of kit. No. If you were in, in the market for a delay, though, it, it's the one to get. 100%. Yeah. But I, I, am, I am kind of in the market for a looper, which kind of makes it a bit of a more interesting prospect. But I don't know. I think even a four button looper there, there are things on the market that are much more sophisticated as, as loopers go quantizers mm-hmm. and things that sync with, you know, the, the, the beat buddy and I can't remember the looper from the same company that, that they sync together and they do cool things that there's, um, is that TC? No, Digitech? no, no. Hang on. Let me Google it. It is. Singular sound. Yeah. Arrows Loop Studio. That's the one. Singular sound has the Beat Buddy and the Arrows Loop Studio, and they can sync together, and they can do all kinds of drum beat quantization. And it's uh, yeah, it's quite a thing to have those two things together. I've heard someone messing around with those, and it was it was neat. And so yeah, if I was going to get deep into looping, I I know I need help. I know, I know that my ability to close the loop on exactly the beat is uh not a well-practiced skill of mine so um yeah anything that can help me technologically i'm gonna try and take yeah but like the this loop studio first of all it's a six track with like a visual like readout it's seven hundred dollars by itself there's that so there's that and you know if you're trying to do the other one with the b buddy you know he is uh he's about tree 50 yeah so you're looking at a thousand dollars. Well, shoot, I can, I can, I can pay a band that. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> that's true. Once, yeah. Yes, that's true. That is true. You could, you could hire them once and then fire them all. Mm. Record them into the looper and be like, ha ha! I got you now. I, literally, I captured you. I got you now. <laughs> Very fun. Well, yeah, I. But it is, it, you know, I'm, I'm definitely. I'd be curious to try one out. Mm-hmm. We'll just say that. Yeah. But I, I think that... Um, yeah, the demo sounded great. Yeah. And at two ninety nine, I mean... Hard to beat. Hard to beat. Agreed. So yeah, that's a fun little thing. And uh, nothing nothing else really big jumping out, but like, that's it. The DL4. It's DL4. Super cool. Yeah. $19.99. Change the world. Change the sound of like everything. Yep. And here we are. And it's 23 years later, and we're all like, it's the same thing! Yay! Yay! Let's buy it again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, guitar players, we are the worst! We really are. We really are. Yeah. Remember that thing we loved from 20 years ago? Well, they made it, but it's smaller now. What did we change? Nothing! (laughs) That's right. We just made it smaller! There's a lot of things. It's got new stuff. No, I know. It's got new stuff. No, I know. but, But... like if you're talking, you know, we, we were having a conversation on the Slack channel about like the Gibson custom shop and stuff. And it's literally like the 1959 spec and the 1964 spec. And it's right. like, I don't want anything new. That's if right. it's new, I hate it. That's right. And it's funny because they're there. They had the, um, the SG moderns, which I mean, we had, we, we got a lot of heat mm-hmm. talking about SGs last week, yep. but like the SG modern is actually a really cool guitar. It's got a lot of great features. It looks really nice. It's literally the cheapest guitar that they're selling besides yeah. like a, like a Les Paul studio. Yeah. And it's got like a quilted maple top and like all these like really cool features. And they're like, they don't even have the, uh, the nerve to sell it for more than like two grand. Whereas like every other Les Paul is at least like 
double or triple yeah. that. So, yeah. You know, I was walking down the street in Asheville last weekend and I walked by um, what it turned out to be a pawn shop. It had guitars in the window, which caught my Dude, eye. Dude, that pawn shop. I know that pawn shop. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That place is wild. It's badass. And in the front corner of it, there was a, a Strat. It was a 50, a 1950 tribute Strat. Mm-hmm. In metallic gold flake. And you know how I am about a shiny strat. You know how I am. So I just drooled at the window for a minute and a guy leaning against the window smoking a cigarette kind of noticed me. And uh, he said, uh, you know, that's, he told me a little about it. It's like, is this this your place? He said, oh yeah, I work here. It's like, oh, Mm. he's out front having a smoke break. And I was like, yeah, it's it's pretty. It's real pretty. I looked at the price tag. It was $1,100. I said, I mean, my guitar works great. I don't need to spend eleven hundred. He said, Well, that's just what's on the price tag. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, talk to me. He said, What? And he like was quiet for a long time. He was doing a lot of calculus and whatnot in his head. It was intense. Cigarette math. Yeah. And he said, I could probably do it for. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, Oh, buddy. He's, I can see him looking me up and down, right? Uh, what could, is this sucker worth? I could do it for 960 And I said, does that have a case? Mm-hmm. And he said, I, I mean, I, we can find you a case. <laughs> and uh, I will be honest, if my wife hadn't been standing right there, yeah, I might currently be the owner of that guitar. It's possible <laughs> that I would be the current owner of that guitar. <laughs> But uh, instead, I took the guy's card and uh, told him I'd get back to him if I was going to well, do it. That's what's funny is that is when he said 960, I'd be like, I'll do it for 900. Like, it was literally the, no, that like, was the be, immediate it, thought. Yeah, if it was, if, if, if was going to go any further, there would have been a counteroffer for sure. Yeah. Um, but that it didn't come down to like, well, 780. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If it had, I would, I would certainly own it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, but I don't need another one. Red, my, my shiny red korean knockoff with souped up new Come electronics on, is super badass and i'm really happy with it so none of us need them none <laughs> of us need any of these Bear. things. come on Bear. very few of us need another that's true. one that's true that's true the thing that cracks me up is that right now this white steinberger that's sitting right next to me is the one that i pick up and it's the one that i like right now like it sounds and plays better yeah like i was i was all enamored on the big pointy big pointy Mm-hmm. Which is what you know. I'm calling the Explorer, and I brought it and the Steinberger to the last gig that we played, and I sound checked with the uh, with the Explorer, and then it's like, oh, it feels kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like I don't know what I think about it. So like, I unplugged it, and I plugged the the Steinberger in, and it's just like that was it, sold. And I put it, I put it back, I put the big, I put old pointy back in its case, and I played the little one. Old pointy, old pointy. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Well, I think we have suitably shot the proverbial stuff about gear. So, I hope so. Yeah. there were two, we, we had kind of a choose your own adventure, kind of two different uh, things we wanted oh, wait, to talk about. Wait, I'm sorry. About. There's one more gear thing we need to deal with. Oh. Which is the fact that in the, in the Patreon Slack, we ended up having quite an intense conversation about the correct <laughs> underwear <laughs> for outdoor summer gigs. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, so, no problem. Yeah. The thing, the thing that kind of started is that for those of you uh, who are not in the Patreon and are uh, consumers of our YouTube content, this week's video is the ten essential uh, outdoor gig items for musicians. So not things obvious things like guitars and speakers and that kind of thing, but all the other stuff. Tarps, sunscreen. Well. Yeah, air movers, air movers. Uh, phone phone thingies, and phone, tip jars, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and and we got into this conversation about <laughs> uh, about undergarments. Yeah, and uh, everybody apparently got a go to uh, brand that they're repping. Yeah, and we all feel strongly about it. It's true. Yeah, and there. I don't know if there was a, a general consensus. There was definitely, uh, there were tribes. Yes. I found yes. out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there, yes. There are certain types of folks. That's right. And um, That's right. Proud to say I'm, yeah. a, I'm in the, the Duluth Trading Tribe. Yeah, we were talking about yeah. sacks. Yeah. With two X's or yeah. three X's. I don't yeah. remember. 
anyway, it's just worth calling out, I think, because uh, uh, I'm willing to bet that everyone thinks about that when they go to their summer gigs and very few people talk about it. So we should be the podcast that talks about the stuff, right? Yeah, but what am I going to say? Hey there, everybody out there in musician no, land. Here's what you Email need to do. us. You need to make Come a YouTube. Come at gmail.com. No, 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 what no. kind of underwear are you wearing? Here's what you're going to do. You're going you're <laughs> to get one of each and you're going to do a YouTube that is 10 best underwears for summer gigging. Are, well, no, you do. The real one is it's the it's the Duluth versus Sax, and then you put them head to head. Yeah, in like a gig off. Where oh you yeah, got, I booked seven gigs over seven days, <laughs> and I've got that's right. And you, yeah, you flip flop them each time, and, yeah. and you, uh, you write, yeah, you 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 <laughs> you give them your seal of approval. Yeah, that's yeah, that's literally. The thing that those two companies are re- like are not remotely looking for. I don't know. Have you seen Duluth's ads? They're pretty intense about their underwear. That's true. And you know, if we're if we're lucky, we we get that that Tommy John call where they're like say stupid things about our underpants. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. There was a whole would, there was a whole me undies subtribe too. So that yeah, was, that was a thing. Anyway, I just wanted to share yep. the love with uh, everyone. Yeah, no, that, that was super uh, funny. Good call. Good, good call. So do you want to talk about the the pay thing or the or or do we want to dig into the outdoor? Let's talk thing? let's talk about the pay thing. I think it's okay. important because people are getting back to it and I think I think we need to I think we need to coalesce our opinions as a community around this. So I don't want to uh not acknowledge the or give credit where credit is due. I think that Paul and Dave from Gig Gab have really like championed this conversation. Yep. I think I've heard more folks uh, or, or more talk about that on their show than probably anybody else's. Yes. Uh, so you know, always we will always defer to Gig Gab uh, and their their wisdom uh, around these kinds of things. But it came up in my local area, and it just felt. Like I, 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 I waded right into the conversation. Actually waiting would have been, uh, preferable to, you know, the reaction I gave. <laughs> um, so I've talked about m- on multiple occasions that there are these little kind of like closed Facebook groups where, uh, players are trading dates and that kind of thing. And this person, uh, who I don't know and I've never worked with and don't know who he's affiliated with, uh, posted this on one of these, you know, these closed groups. And he says, can we have a serious discussion? Can the adults, in quotation fingers, mm. in this group grow up and be mature? Question mark. When it's someone just, is offering never, a It's pay- never a good place to start. Can we, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm calling, I'm now calling you out for your lack of maturity. And I'm going to call right. you call you a sarcastic name in the process. Exactly. Mm. When someone is offering a paying gig, can you not laugh at that person? Maybe. All right. So we're, we're, it's done. Like you already know where this is going. Yeah. Because if someone is saying that they're going to pay you for something and then you laugh at them, it's because of what's about what right. he's about to That's say. Right. That's right. There's nothing funny about being paid to perform. Not sure what planet you're from, but here on Earth, that's actually a good thing. Oh. Mm. Yeah, this guy's a bit, it's a bit dramatic. It's pretty standard for a band, for band members to be paid $100 per show. Most venues, again, conjecture, pay four or $500 and you have about four or five people in the band and split it evenly. If there are venues out there who double or triple the fee, please list them here, which means I don't get those kinds of gigs. Otherwise, good luck finding one. Not hard to find. Also, if you're really that concerned about money, then get a job. Music is supposed to be fun. Oh, no. Oh, no. And let me tell you, this guy got dragged. Good, good, good. In this group, yeah, good. It was uh, it was a pretty you un- there. No one was uh, was standing up for this guy. Well, no, like at all. And th- now the funny thing is, like, I'm I'm trying to go back. I I had screen grabbed that to share it with people, and uh, it does appear that 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 got deleted. <laughs> yeah, he, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't he doubt it. He absolutely saw the error in his ways and, and it's gone. Oh, um, I'm not sure he saw the error in his ways. I think he just didn't like what he got back. He probably still yeah. believes it. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is, this is, um, it so speaks to where we are as a culture right now that from my point of view, what I see is all there is. Mm-hmm. And I'm unwilling to consider that there, that my perspective might be limited. No, no, it is the case. It is true that bands play for hundred dollars a head. How dare you imply otherwise? And frankly, that's standard. So anyone who laughs at that, you should grow up. I mean that, yeah. you know, it's like, it, it's, 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 um, it's just such, the guy's got such blinders on and doesn't even know it. Right. And, and I think that's the way. He's certainly not alone. I'm sure there are a lot, a lot of folks that are in that same kind of place where, you know, a bar gig for a hundred bucks a head is what there is. And I played a ton of those. I'm going to play a ton of those with my new band as we build a market and build cred. That's just part of the sort of the, 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 what you got to do to get to the next level of it. Um, but man alive, like there are so many other ways to do it. Well, what this really sounds like to me is I can't get my crappy gigs filled. (laughs) Yeah. I'm paying crappy money and nobody wants to play for. You think this guy's a, this guy's a venue? Well, but he's saying when someone is offering a paying gig, can you not laugh at that person? That means that somebody laughed at him. Oh, you think he's a, he's a booker. I don't know if he's a booker necessarily, but he's trying to be, or he's trying to fulfill some obligations or something. I mean, he wouldn't have said it otherwise. I assumed that he saw somebody offer a, a, a you know, whatever that bar, hundred bucks a head thing. And then a bunch of people were like, yeah, yeah, we don't do that. Ha ha. And he's having a reaction to that. I didn't, I didn't take that. He was necessarily on the booking side, though. He certainly could be that, that, that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It, you know, the, the general consensus once, once he posted it was, um, yeah, that's not the way it works anymore. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot. And, and the main thing was, like, why should I take a gig that pays as much as what my dad made 40 years ago? Mm-hmm. And that's a really great point. You know, even if you don't go that far back, if you were just to say, let's say 1984. So, uh hot for teachers playing on the radio and uh you are surrounded by live bands at every turn yep and you're in a cover band that's playing first of all you're playing five nights a week because that's just the way that entertainment worked back then and you're making a hundred bucks per man per night based on inflation the purchasing power of that 100 dollars in 1984 was about 280 to 80 bucks and you're making 280 bucks a night and you're making and you're getting paid 280 bucks a night five nights a week yeah that's a very different the math, consideration the math's all different yeah so you're looking at it you're looking i mean if you're talking about inflation it's 174 percent inflation because so, everything costs more yep and yet this is the same fee now look this is not an indictment on venue owners or you know, the economics of live music, it's just, it, it is the market and it is what it is. But the well, fact of the matter is, is that hundred dollar gigs, a hundred buck, hundred dollars per man gigs are going to always be there. Sure. They're always going to exist. And there's always going to be bands that are $100 a man value. Yeah. 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 And, and if you think your band is not that, then, um, one of the lessons that I learned, uh, and I've learned it several times in my life. One was when I had a, my first dog and I was like trying to do real dog training. The second was the first time I became a manager and I had people that whose performance I was accountable for. Um, the third time was when I became a dad that you will get what you tolerate. Yep. Period. For and sure. you won't get any more than that. And so you know, if, if for you, hundred dollars a gig is like, well, that's what it is. What, you know, who'd ask for more? That's crazy. You yeah. won't get more. You won't get more. And you will be in that niche forever. You will forever be, um, you know, of that market and, and that market will always exist. You're right. 
You're right. They'll yep. always be the venue that just, that's what it is. And they know they can get acts for that and they'll be fine. Um, and they'll play in the corner of the bar and that's how that'll go. Yep. Uh, and if that's, if that's, if for you, music is supposed to be fun and you're doing it for the fun and a hundred bucks is like a handy amount of money to have in your pocket, pays your gas or something. Um, all right. That, that's valid. That's valid. That'll always be there. Yeah. And I mean, there are, go- there are scenarios where a hundred bucks, a hundred dollar gig is perfectly fine. Sure. Like there's a, there are a couple of spots that I do so acoustic at. They don't pay a hundred bucks. They pay 150. Yeah. But I could literally walk home yeah. if I, if I forgot something. Right. And so it's not a lot of logistical skin off my back and like my family can all come and my kids can come. And right. like, those are things that make lower paying gigs in that area perfectly acceptable. Yep. But um, when we were having that conversation, uh, Donnie, uh, Donnie Howard, who we've spoken about multiple yep. times on the show and yep. is a member of the community, um, he's kind of like, like I said, he's got this kind of beach tinged country kind of vibe that yep. he does. Yep. And it also means that like when he does like solo, solo acoustic stuff, it's very much in that kind of Jimmy Buffett kind of lane. And uh, somebody offered his, him you know, a, a, a private event or whatever, but they wanted him to put a band together, but they're only going to give him a hundred bucks per person on top of the fee that he's normally making. And now you're kind of getting into the economics of it as a business owner slash band leader. Yeah. Because it's one thing for your band who has been together a number of years and maybe uh business is light and it's an off night and nobody's doing anything. And, you know, three of you can go play for a couple of hours and make a hundred bucks each. That's a very different prospect. From standing up a band from scratch? Exactly. If somebody called me and said, I need a guitar player for one gig, mm-hmm. it's three hours worth of music that you have to play. Yep. And here's the list of the songs you have to play. And the pay is a hundred dollars. Nope. I would say. Nope. Thanks, but no thanks. No. Like I wouldn't even, it w- I, I wouldn't even have to think about no. it. No, yeah, no. It's wild to think that people would be willing to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it really is. Um, I don't know. It fits in with that whole dad, dad band, blues lawyer sort of ethos. That's not. Um, and I think I think it's worth saying. Like that's valid. That's fine. But don't drag the market down with you. Yeah. Right? If you're in a man cave band and you want to play man cave band gigs, go. Do it. Go. G- just the The problem is, when you look at the man cave band gigs, that, say that 10 times fast, man cave band mm. gigs, um, and you say, hey, don't, you know, that's what there is. That's standard. Yeah. I mean- you're just, you're just not, it's, it's, it's like you've, <laughs> it's like you've picked a favorite news channel and you won't watch anything but that. And you believe every word they say, I'm not going to say which news channel, but it's like mm-hmm. that. It's a lot like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it is a mentality, you know, it, it, if you are in that world and you have that mindset, then that is the level of work that you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Here's my response, uh, unabridged. So I said, yeah, this is an L take. Now that means for, uh, for the young, for the, for the, the young people say this as a way to say, you know, L meaning like this is a loser take. It's not a good, it's not a good opinion. Uh, this is an L take. And part of the reason those kinds of crap gigs still exist. I worked hard to build my skills, invest in my equipment, build a brand and market my bands. For someone to offer me scraps in return for my life's work is unacceptable, and I'm not afraid to turn down to turn work down for better work elsewhere. Yeah. So that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. 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 So in in conclusion, don't sell yourself short. And if you do, yep. don't have that mean the whole market is sold short. Well, but also if you're going to take gigs like that, don't like 
turn around and wag your finger at everybody else. <laughs> right. That, that's really the issue. Like, yeah. I don't, if, if, if you want to take, if you're, if you're playing gigs and you're making a hundred bucks a show and you are happy with it. God bless. Awesome. Yeah. That's honestly, as this, as, as this, in this podcast and as this community, our aim is to help you make good money playing music for if for you, a hundred bucks a show is good money. Cool. Perfect. Cool. If you're happy, we're happy. Yep. Not a problem whatsoever. Yep. Don't mistake this as some sort of like capitalist argument about you should be making more money and that kind of thing. The thing that I, I have an issue with is that this person doesn't want to accept that other people don't feel the same way that he does. Yeah. And again, if your opinion or your what you are doing in your community is having is taking things away from other people or or doing things at other people's expenses, you are you've crossed the line. Yeah. And that's not okay. Right. You know, every time that I've gotten myself in hot water for, you know, a hot take, I'm my intent behind it is honorable. It's to try to change the conversation or push advocacy for working guys like us to be better, to, you know, do more and to uh, be more professional, those kinds of things. And I'm not going to apologize for those things, but I also don't go out of my way to like punch down on people. Right. Well, what's weird is this, this this comment punched down while punching up is weird, right? Like, those people who think they're better than me. Well, yeah, that that's the other thing. And and, and again, it just it's dripping with insecurity. Yeah. Cuz he he said if you can find those places, please list them. I was like those places are just not go find hard them. to find. Go look. You, yeah. you the reason you haven't looked is cuz you've decided they're not there. Well, but it's also because most people are afraid are, are afraid to say no. Right. Cuz trust me, I've definitely had people reach out and they say, "Well, we've got 500 bucks." I'm like, "Cool." Uh, we we can't do it for that. Right. Best of luck to you. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to lecture him. It's just it 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 doesn't do anybody any good. But yeah. I'm not going to budge on certain things. Yeah. Yeah. The economics just don't work. Yeah. And you know we've said it before that if if you are willing to play for a lower price, just that's fine. But in my in in our realm, if somebody wants our product for less money, I'm taking something away. I'm right. pulling something out of yeah. it yeah. to make sure that the economics work for everybody. Right. So. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, hopefully it, that's, I'll, I'll, that's Let me tell empowering. you this. It's good. It's good to be having this conversation again. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> How quaint. I know. I know. It takes me back, but it takes me forward at the same time. Cause it's, um, it does. for like a couple of years there, it was like, what are you doing this week? Nothing. You nothing same yeah well and and you know we had we were having these conversations around the time around this time last year and the yeah. year before as yeah. you know as the prospect of being able to play outside you know because the likelihood of spreading it was lower yep. and there's people these these venues who have been closed and they didn't have a budget and we haven't played in so long like those were very different for sure stories totally and this isn't again. This is not an indictment on venues who are who've had just as rough a time as you bet. we have. You bet. It's more about the general attitude behind it, for sure. So, but you guys already know this stuff. You guys know what you're worth, and that's why we love you, that's and that's right. why you listen. Yep, it's true. All right. Well. Tomorrow you're going to uh, be treated to a a top ten outdoor gig essentials video, and uh, there'll be other fun things down the pipeline coming up. And uh, it was a good conversation. I feel I feel uh, righteous in- indignation. Me too. And I think I'm going to exactly. buy that uh, Electro Voice sub. Okay. Yeah. So settled. it's settled. Settled. Yeah. Might even be here in time for that gig. I don't know. That would be awesome. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in. We've had uh, a real whirlwind of a, of, of a couple of weeks and, and 
gotten uh, a lot of cool feedback and stuff from the community. And uh, it's been great. Love hearing from you guys. Always. If you have questions or you want to reach out or you want to just, you want to do anything, hit us up, coverbandconfidential@gmail.com. If you want to do uh, nice things, uh, take a little screen grab while you're listening to the podcast posted on your social medias. Share it with us. Tag me, tag Dan, tag the show. Or you can do any of the lovely things that our buddy Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band is about to share with you right now. Otherwise, I will go ahead and call it for this week. From Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of March 25th, 2022. Bye! And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all the socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of the Clinky Lincolns, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins! The losses. The behind the scenes goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M band. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it. For Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida, that was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! (laughs) 